Well, welcome to the Manager Tools member podcast for December 2005. Today's topic, meeting introductions. Hi, this is Mike, and welcome to our December Manager's Tools Member Appreciation Podcast. Today, Mark and I are going to talk about Mark's favorite tool, the meeting introduction tool. Although, as you'll hear, I felt a little uncomfortable when the tool was first introduced to me, but I quickly, despite even now liking to laugh a little bit about it, learned to appreciate the technique. It's easy, and more importantly, it's extremely effective in getting the meeting participants to gel quickly. So, without any further delays, here we go. You uh, think today you're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that silly little um, introduction thing you do that you dragged me and my entire organization through five years six years yes. ago yeah yeah <laughs> that worked like a charm even yeah, though it worked, you and I both <laughs> it's yeah. still it's still uh, was um, uncomfortable. Do you remember it being uncomfortable? Well, I shared something. I think I shared something about my email habits early in the morning, if you recall that. And how, yes, that's and right. And how yeah. I was usually attired, and it it drew some visuals that made people <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, Less than flattering and effective. Yeah, right? yeah. But but um, yeah. but I remember it being a uh, uh, feeling that it was uh, s- silly. I guess would be the the yeah. word for it, and. It, you know, frankly, though, like a few minutes into the into it, you forgot about that, and it actually became uh, quite fun. Yeah, and and you know, I, I um, there are some people who think it's fun. I, I just don't. It's like I say, I don't argue with large numbers. Every single time I've ever done this exercise, people comment on it at the end of the day, saying it was the highlight of their day. Some of them have been working together for five, ten years, and they still say this introductory tool was the single most important thing they did all day because people crave connection with other people. And it just shows how unconnected, how impersonal um, our workplaces are day to day. And if you, you know, we talk all the time about connecting with people and communicating and interpersonal skills and you know, communication is what the listener does. Well, if you don't have a good connection with the other person, if you don't have a good relationship, there's not going to be trust. And and uh, people just don't know each other that well. Well, yeah, I find it so. amazing the, the things I found out about some of the folks in my organization. There there were a couple that were involved in some – they were doing some pretty significant work on some very important charities yeah. that I was completely unaware of. Um, and turned out they were they were very much driven by their ability to contribute to these charities and as we found out later on there were some things we could do within the workplace that made that that easier for them so they could be yeah. effective at work as well as effective in these very important organizations they're a part of outside of work well i i think i've mentioned before you know my daughter kate is a cancer survivor and we um you know, i've been very involved with the cancer society for a number of years um but there's no question that my involvement with the cancer society while people certainly know my daughter's story and it's a great story at the same time what i'm known for in the cancer society is my skills that i bring to the table from work and it's not just altruism or a family being touched by a disease or by a particular drive to be involved with a charity 
Um, it's also the skills they bring to bear from work. And, and the funny thing is, is that we take those things for granted. They're just work skills and everybody has them. So it's no big deal. But in other places, they're really respected. They're revered. They're, they're needed. And people want to apply their skills with a little bit of energy and enthusiasm when their skills are appreciated. Right. Makes me think that we don't do that good a job of that as managers. And I can't argue with that. I think that's probably true. Good. Well, okay. So I think by this point, we've probably started the podcast. So, um, mm-hmm. so well, let's, let's talk a little bit about what exactly this um, introductory process that you've developed and yeah. how it works and how we yeah. do it. and. Sure. Well, I will tell you, um, you and I both, um, the first time we did it or had it done to us, we used, a, you know, many people call them icebreakers. This is a particular type of icebreaker. I actually don't like that phrase. And so I call this an introductory meeting. It could be just part of a meeting or it could be a meeting all unto itself. The first time this was done to us, both you and I didn't like it. We're, we're engineers by schooling. We tend to think about results and rationality. Um, and the fact is... Um, over and over and over again, I've used it so many times so well that while I won't say it's the most effective or the most powerful, I want to leave those to feedback and coaching and one-on-ones. I will say, in part because of your and my initial response to us, the introductory meeting process that I'm going to walk everybody through is my all-time favorite manager tool. And that's why we're making it part of the registered users podcast this month, because we really want to share something that I find is incredibly powerful in a surprising way um, uh, with those people who have taken the time to register. Okay, good. Um, now, look, um, basically what we're talking about is taking time to introduce people to one another um, when you're starting something. And we'll talk more about the specific uses of it, as Mike says at the end. Um, Again, it might be called an icebreaker by many people, and there are people in the audience, if you do this, even if you're a manager with your team, you can use this with your team. Um, there were pe- there are people, some of them consultants, some of them experienced uh, managers who will poo-poo this. They will look down their nose at it. They'll think it's corny. I was one. <laughs> Mike, you were one. Um, no, I still they'll am, argue kinda. with your. Cho- well, yeah. <laughs> they'll argue with your choice of an icebreaker when, in fact... They're making a statement more generally that they think spending time on people stuff, quote unquote, is a waste. And I'll tell you, even though I'm an engineer and I love saving time, I love getting to the bottom line, um, less words are better. Um, I've, I've learned through many, many examples, uh, I believe in embracing reality. They're dead wrong and you should ignore them. Every extra minute you can spend on the bonding part of the team, on getting to know one another, on looking each other in the eye and learning about your background and where you're from and what's important to you, that will pay you huge dividends later. If you don't spend time doing that in the beginning, you're going to have more crises, more fires, more frustrations along the way. Yeah, and there's no other way to acknowledge that this is important than that the interpersonal relationships and getting to know each other is important than by doing this exercise, I don't think. Yeah. And, you know, we, 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 you and I take our engineer background seriously. We like things short and sweet. Um, we, we love human beings. We're all souls, and we, we believe the, uh, you're all deserving of love. But, you know, we both love it when one of us calls the other one, and, and uh, the other person answers the phone and says, hey, man, call you back. You looked at your phone. You knew it was me. And rather than just saying, Mike Ozan, or, or saying, hello, and then having a 30-minute conversation, you're basically saying, I know, I can trust you, 
that I respect you, and I'm just going to tell you real quick, I can't talk right now, but you did take the time to pick up the phone to acknowledge the fact that I wanted to talk to you. Uh, another example that I, I love to talk about, in fact, I, at one point I printed it out and read it to a group. I once exchanged emails with a good friend of mine, uh, a hospital manager, and um, the emails consisted of, I think, a total of seven words in four mails. The first mail was lunch, with a question mark. The second mail, ba- the response was when, question mark. The third mail from the original sender was noon tomorrow, Pasta Bella, a favorite restaurant of mine here in Fredericksburg. And the last mail said done. To me, that is beautiful communication. Um, now, of course, I knew this person very, very well. Um, uh, but... The point is, I love things being short and sweet, and yet I am absolutely convinced that taking this time at the beginning of an of a some sort of effort that you're undergoing is absolutely critical. I would never start something semi-important or important without taking the time to do this. Period. Uh, it is again my favorite all-time favorite manager tool, um, and and really the group kind of understands it they when a group gets together for the first time mike they feel a little bit uncomfortable you can you can feel it in the first meeting when people come in and they don't really know when to say hello and i find this and i'd love your comments here particularly with technical groups they don't know do i stick up my hand do i say hello do i sit on this side of the table do we have all the it people on sit on one side of the table and all the marketing people sit on the other side of the table um yeah i think you got a lot of people who really it's not like um IT people or technical people or engineers don't want to have a relationship with other people. I I, I don't no, think that's right. the 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 problem. I, I think the fact is they don't they don't know how to start the conversation. They don't know how to develop that right. relationship. And so this this activity helps them do that. Yeah, I, it's funny. I remember one of the, one of the most important things my dad ever taught me. He says, "When you doubt what to do, stick out your hand." And you know. I I internalized that completely, and I absolutely think that that made a huge difference in my early military career and in my time at Procter & Gamble. I just think it made an enormous difference in terms of the number of relationships I started and whether or not they started well, so to speak. And did you have your um, manager tool handshake designed at that point, or did you just do it naturally? <laughs> I did not. All I knew was stick out my hand. <laughs> Believe it or not, at some point there will be a podcast on how to shake hands. That. Yeah, I, I get ribbed about that a lot, and there are people that I, I get ribbed, and then people come up and say, "Man, that really works." And I say, "Yeah, it really does." <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about this introductory meeting. Now we call it a meeting, but in fact, it could be part of a larger meeting. If you're going to have an all-day offsite with a team that's getting together for the first time, then you want to spend some time in the beginning. Um, ske- you want to schedule time for this introductory process or this introductory exercise. And again, I don't like the word icebreaker, and I'll tell you why. A lot of HR people and a lot of consultants will, will use the word icebreaker to mean anything fun. And, and that's, a, that's a subversion of the real reason you're supposed to break the ice. You're supposed to break the ice to get to know each other. Um, if you do something fun or silly or energizing, but in fact you don't know everybody else's name and you don't really get to connect with some people, uh, that's not an icebreaker. You're not breaking the ice. You're just kind of doing kumbaya, which is not the reason for doing this. And what's more, 
it, it, it's, it serves no purpose. Uh, the reason you do it at the beginning is to get to know one another. The more a team gets to know one another, the more they have a chance of actually being a team rather than just a work group. Okay, so the first thing you do is you count up the number of people in the room, whether it's going to be 10 or 30, although 30 is an awful lot. Um, you need three minutes per person for this exercise. So if you have a 20-person team starting something, you're going to need an hour for this exercise. If you've got 15 people, you're going to need 45 minutes. It is absolutely suicide to try to do this exercise in less time than three minutes per person. Again, if you have six people, it would be 18, but you round up to the nearest five, so it would be 20 minutes. You get the idea. Um, the underlying principle is that you must have time for this introductory technique. It's got to be on the agenda. And usually, you know, we've talked about meetings before. I'm not going to rehash that, but you start with a welcome and a purpose, and you go over the agenda, you do ground rules, and the next thing on your agenda for those initial meetings is introductions. Um, and you can use this with, with as few as three or four people. Um, but I would go ahead and leave it at a minimum of 15 minutes because there's some setup time that, uh, that doesn't get absorbed by the larger group if you, if you get on to three or four people. The fact is, if you have four people and you still dedicate 15 minutes to this, you're sending a very nice message that this still can be a team and we still are going to invest in you as a group and, and really be sensitive to resource issues. Um, and you can use it on groups as large as 25. Um, I've used it on a group of 25. Um, and I did, in fact, schedule 75 minutes for it. And you might think, gosh, 75 minutes, everybody's sitting there at the very beginning. It, it, I guarantee you this will be one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable parts of the meeting based on feedback at the end of the meeting. Um, even if you only have a four-hour initial meeting and you have to spend an hour and a half of it doing this exercise, it's absolutely worth it. Okay, so you've got time on your agenda and you're ready to start. Um, uh, not exactly. First thing you got to do is you got to get some materials in order. Um, you're going to need flip chart paper, enough flip chart paper so that everybody can have a piece of flip chart paper. Okay. Enough markers. We don't use the yellow ones because they act like highlighters uh, so that everybody can get at least one marker and enough tape so that everybody can have two, three inch uh, strips of tape. Now, depending upon the meeting room, some people say, well, we don't allow tape here or whatever. I'm not going to get into all the details of the trainer details of what you can use on what walls and so on. I think generally there are a lot of rules that nobody follows and I just use masking tape and it tends to work pretty well almost everywhere. Um, okay. So tape, flip chart paper and markers. Um, and actually what I do is when I start a meeting, Mike, I actually pile the, the markers and the flip chart paper in the center of the room. I leave them in kind of an unkempt pile in the center of the room as a way of sending a message that we're not going to have everything lined up perfectly like some sort of marching band here because this is not going to be a marching band. It's going to be much closer to a jazz ensemble where people are, it's going to be messy at times, and that's why we're getting to know one another earlier. No, it does get um, people interested, too, as to why that pile of... Uh, yeah, what's that pile doing there? Why is that? And 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 I admit a little bit, you know, I'm I'm not a... I might be engineered by schooling, but I'm not a uh, a person who's all about neatness and 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 uh, perfection. Sometimes I hang my flip charts crookedly just to irritate people, just to get some emotional energy in the room. So I like having people come in who like things lined up just so and who fiddle with their chairs, and and I want them to be a little bit uncomfortable um, because they're going to be uncomfortable when they get up in front of the room anyway. So starting early is just a way to get them warmed up. <laughs> Sorry, for those, for those of you who are perfectionists, you probably don't like what I just said. Sorry. I love you, too. 
Um, by the way, a little neat little trick is to rip the tape in advance in three-inch long strips, two strips for each person. And if you're smart, you'll tape them to the side of the flip chart easel that you're going to put the flip charts up on or on the wall where you're going to use them. So as people bring their flip charts up later, you'll have the tape right next to them. Don't give the tape out to the audience members. Not a good plan. You'll lose the tape. The tape will get torn funnily, and it'll be a real mess. Okay? You'll also want to have one flip chart already prepared with a sample of what it's going to look like, and we'll talk about that in just a bit. Okay, so now we've got everything all ready. We've got time on the agenda. And now you have to learn the most important rule of all for any introductory exercise you use, not just this one. Whatever you do, here's the rule right now. Whatever you do, once you start this exercise, under no circumstances ever are you to attempt to hurry the process in order to meet a time deadline. Never, I mean this quite sincerely, never encourage people to rush. If you do get behind, do nothing. Blow your agenda out of the water. Hmm. I promise you, if you rush people, the people at the end of the introductions will never be a part of the group. They will feel like second-class citizens. And one meeting running over by 15 to 30 minutes is no big deal. And the proof of that is everybody who's listening to this podcast meetings, which always run over from 15 to 30 minutes anyway. I can't tell you the number of organizations I go into where they say the meeting's from two to three and I'm there at two and nobody's there. Oh, well, we don't start on time. So let me tell you, as much as you're paying me, you're going to start on time or I'm not going to show up. <laughs> um, so whatever you do, don't manage to a time deadline. Let it go, even if they run over. It may very well be that you end up short, um, but I have found about three minutes on average is about the way to go. Um, now, if you get ahead a little bit, it's okay to slow things down a little. Um, if three to four folks go really quickly all in a row and you're feeling going to feel like you finish way early, um, there is a way to slow things down, but I'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So you've got everybody in the room. You've got flip charts and markers on the floor. Um, you've got time on the agenda and here's what you're going to say. And Mike, don't we plan on posting this, uh, yeah, text somehow yeah, on we'll the take, we'll take all the text of yeah, exactly good. how this works and post it as a so, tool on the website. So here, here's what it sounds like. Um, Folks, it's time to get to know one another better. We've got an excellent tool here where each one of you is going to get introduce yourself to the group. It's simple and it's fun. In just a moment, when I say go, each of you is going to come up and grab a marker and a piece of flip chart paper. And then you're going to have about three minutes to prepare a sheet of your own like this one on the easel or on the wall if that's where you have it. Okay? Here's what you're going to do with your, with your flip chart. You're going to write your first and last name on the top. Okay? Write it big enough so when you come to the front of the room, everybody can see it. Below that, write your role, however you define it. Then in the middle of the sheet, draw a picture that represents your life in some way. It could be a house, it could be a flower, it could be pictures of mountains you love to visit, it could be a drawing of your family. Look, as you can see from the example, you don't need to be a good artist. Being a bad artist does not exempt you from this exercise. And by the way, Mike, never... In my 10, 12, 13 years of using this exercise, has anyone ever successfully opted out of it? There have been people who have whined and complained and been passive-aggressive, but they've all stood up in front, and many of them turned out to be converts. Okay? okay. I, I typically, on my example, draw stick figures for my family to show that I'm a lousy artist. I can't draw. But stick figures are fine. We're not trying to judge you as an artist. Okay? Then, at the bottom, below your picture, you're going to write something. Sort of a note to yourself, 
so that when you tell us about when you come up front and you tell us about what's on your sheet, you'll remember something no one here knows about you. And that the acronym for that is S N O H K A Y, Snow K. You might write down mascot if you want to tell us that you were your high school's mascot, the fighting tiger, or you might write down crochet and tell us none of you know it, but I love the crochet, and I've actually been to a couple of crochet conventions, if you can believe it. I love to crochet. Who, you? And people's... <laughs> no, Mike, not Uh-oh. me. Oh, <laughs> okay. uh, I'm sorry. I think crochet is lovely. i just not any good at it. Um, what you share needn't be earth-shattering. It needn't be impressive to us at all in any way. It should just be something that perhaps nobody knows. If your best friend is here and she knows everything, quote-unquote, about you, and you want to share something that only she knows, well, that's fine. That's all right. Um, um, We're not asking for secrets. (laughs) We don't want personal secrets, folks. That's why we have down below the Snow K another acronym, A-T-I-P-A, and that is professionally appropriate. Nothing private, please. Just share with us something that'll help us know you better. I can't help but do this to you. Can you give us an example uh, of uh, yeah, I can. what that might uh, a, sound like? Yeah, it's a, it's an embarrassing one, but I, but I can give it. And, and it'll tell you, if you're a facilitator, it'll tell you how carefully you have to choose your words. Don't wing this, folks. The first couple of times you do it, if I were you, I'd take this script up there and I'd read it. And I'd, I've done this before when I, do new facil- when I facilitate new icebreakers. I read them. You know, when I do an energizer in the middle of the day, I read them so I get it right. Don't wing it. I one time didn't say no secrets, and a lady came up to the front of the room and said, something you don't know about me is I'm having an affair. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, bless her heart. I, <laughs> that's, not, that's not good. It's not good. It's not good. It, it, it uh, killed the buzz. It definitely killed the buzz. <laughs> um, but, boy, you have to admire her openness that was oh, i do stretch. not i don't have to <laughs> okay okay you don't have to you don't have to that's I'm just sorry. Stu- plain stupid <laughs> yeah yeah professionally appropriate that's the key okay so everybody's had three to four minutes what you do is you say hey after everybody's had about three to four minutes to write on their sheet we're going to start having each of you introduce yourself. And by the way, you're going to tell them, look, you can kneel down on the floor and do it on the floor. You can do it on your on the tables that you've got. You can tape it to the wall and do it on the wall, whatever you want. Just like kindergarten, it doesn't matter. Just be neat. Okay? Uh, I, I tell them, look, after three to four minutes, we're going, to have st- we're going to have start having each one of you introduce yourself. You're going to come up one at a time. If you're nervous about getting in front of the group, well, start now because every single one of you is going to come up to the front and get in front of the group. Um. And you find that being humorous about that, I find that it makes it a little bit easier. And basically, it'll go like this. You'll bring your sheet to the front of the room, random order, other than I'm going to go first to show you how it works. Um, And you and I are going to tape your sheet to the easel or to the wall. If we're taping it to the easel, please tell them, I don't want to tape your sheet to the paper up here. I'm going to tape it to the metal or to the plastic on the easel so that I can get it off really easily. You tape it up, I'll help you do it, and then you're going to turn around to the group and you're going to say, Hi, I'm Mark. Actually, insert your name. And you're you're going to pause at that point because the group is going to say back to you. Hi, Mark. Exactly. And then yeah. this is the part that I really liked. <laughs> yeah, I can just tell dripping, you're, you're dripping with sarcasm. Um, and you know what, Mike? It's funny. I learned the hard way. 
that that is important. When people say, hi, I'm Bob, they go back to they're introducing themselves to somebody and the group needs to recognize them. You wouldn't believe the number of nervous people that when the group sings back to them, hi, Mark, hi, Bob, hi, Mike, you would not believe how much tension leaves them. They're like, oh, thank you. They get all excited about it. Well, and the, and the group dynamics are pretty funny, too, because most people kind of feel kind of silly in that, yeah. you know, that thing as well. But every time people say, hi, Mark, is a big group, everybody starts kind of giggles and laughs yep. and looks at each other and kind of um, opens up a little bit. So it, yep. it, 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 it does work for both the, the person hearing it and the people saying it. Yep. And, and you will get the jokes about, hi, I'm Mark, and I'm an alcoholic, the whole... Uh, first name only, Alcoholics Anonymous thing. Uh, I've never been to a meeting, but I, that, you know, I'm told that's the way they do it. You've seen it in enough TV shows and movies and so on. And you just roll with that. It's no big deal. Um, uh, so you'll say, hi, I'm Mark. You'll pause so the group can say back, hi, Mark. Then you'll tell us your role. It, you know, if you've got something unusual or different or your title is not easily understood by everyone, and it may not be, help us understand it a little bit better. Um, and then take a moment and describe your picture to us. If they're stick figures, tell us who they are or what they are. You, believe me, Mike, you'll get animals, you'll get horses, you'll get, you'll get horses that look like cows, cows that look like cats, cats that look like mountain lions, cats that look like people. Um, I, I've actually had a, 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 a manager put him and his wife, his wife was taller than him, and then a child, and the child's name was Baby. And Baby was their seven-year-old horse, but it was drawn like a human stick figure. And it took us a minute. So Baby is seven years old, and people are kind of like going, what? There was this, this concern like, ooh, what, what's up with this? And this is what I haven't told you is Baby's a horse. There were some people who really weren't really digging that. <laughs> um, but it was important to him. The, ba- the horse is, you know, part of their family. Um, I imagine Baby's in their Christmas pictures. Um, so elaborate a little bit on the picture. Tell us who and what the stick figures are, or what the house or what the mountains mean or what have you. And then lastly, tell us about the something that nobody knows. A couple of examples of that. Um, when I do it, I often write the number 37. When I come up, I would say the number 37 is significant. Uh, you I wish I was know. only th- 37 years old. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I, I feel 20. So um, I have broken 37 bones in my body. Fingers, toes, ribs, arm, leg, head, nose, face, blah, 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 blah. And that usually gets a rise out of people. Um, So that's an example of something. I would write the number 37 to remind me to talk about that. Okay? When you're done, you're going to give us a second to show you some appreciation. We're all going to clap for you. Everybody's going to come up. Everybody's going to introduce themselves. And everybody's going to get clapped for. For some of us here, speaking to a group is hard. And we want you to know that you did well. We're glad you're here. And we appreciate the effort you spent preparing the sheet and then presenting it to us. Then when you're done, I'm going to help you take it down. And either you or I are going to run it over to the wall and we're going to paste it on the wall. And we're going to leave it there for the rest of the day or the meeting today. We're going to be able to admire our artwork and you may want to take it with you. Uh, I actually had one team who was going for three days in the same room and they left them up for three straight days in the room while they worked pretty much around the clock. 24 hours a day. A couple of them took them home with them. That's what we're going to do. Everybody comes up one at a time, and we'll get to know each other a little bit. Okay? Any questions? Great. You can work anywhere you want. Tables, floor, tape it to the wall, do whatever. Okay, go. And then, of course, you have pandemonium for three to four minutes. Uh, Some people will take multiple markers, and some people will complain about that. And don't adjudicate. Just let it happen. It'll work out. 
you probably want to have more markers than exactly the right number. Um, and, and, and that three to four minutes, if you're smart and you've already got yours prepared but not out where they can see it because you don't want to spoil your own chance to introduce yourself, um, um, but I have mine prepared and I walk around and compliment participants on what they're doing. Hey, nice. Can't wait to hear about that. We have a great artist over here. Lots of good color here, whatever. I'm looking for an opportunity to say positive things about my participants. They've never done this before, probably in a meeting. Or if they have, they're probably chuckling a little bit about it. Patting people on the back when you can is not a bad plan. Okay. Um, and then you give them a 30 second warning. Okay. You got 30 seconds. And then you ask them to wrap it up, finish up, and I'll tape mine up here and I'll kick us off and show you exactly how we do this. And Mike, this is a this is maybe the second most important thing I could say, particularly from a timing perspective. It is absolutely critical that you go first. Hmm. Why is that? Because you want to set a tone of enthusiasm, you want to be smiling and engaging the group, and you don't want to only take five seconds by saying, hi, my name is Mark, I'm a supervisor over in the call center, my picture here, it's me and my family, and something you don't know about me is I'm originally from San Diego. That's not true, but... And, you know, that's 10 seconds. That is not going to make people feel like they know you, okay? We want people to, you know, they've got a minute or two, even three minutes if they need it. Some people are going to take six to tell you a story that was life-changing for them. Someone is, somebody's going to get up and say, that the, the word I have written down here at the bottom is Chelsea. Chelsea is my daughter, and she died last year from cancer. Now, look, Mike, I'm not going to stand, I'm not going to ask her to stop talking after 10 minutes, Okay? If somebody starts that story, they get to finish it. They're sharing yeah. themselves with the group. They're taking a risk. Um, and we're going to reward that by allowing her to continue to talk. So you've got to start, a, start the group with uh, taking a minute or two and, 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 and being energetic and being enthusiastic and not rushing through your example, your flip chart. On the other hand, you don't want to take five minutes or everybody else will take five minutes and you really will blow your time. Okay? Now... Once you're done, okay, um, you make sure you pause to allow them to say hi. When uh, you say hi, I'm Mark, and they pause, you pause so they can say something. And then you wait at the end. And if necessary, you lean forward and kind of put your hands out in front of you and roll your hands in circles as if to say, okay, it's your turn to clap. And you may actually have to start the clapping for yourself right, uh, as okay. a reminder. And then when you're done, your job is absolutely not over because now you're facilitating them coming up one at a time. You'll say, okay, I'm done. Who's next? And you want to say that. You don't want to stop and say, okay, I'm done. Who's next? You want to say, okay, I'm done. Who's next? You want to talk quickly to send a message to the next person who's ready. Let's get up here. Let's go. We don't want to waste a lot of time with people sauntering up to the front or having you know, long periods of time of boredom. Let's get people moving quickly. Um, that'll give them more time up front if they want to do, if they want to take it. Okay. Now, once when you're facilitating, when you're done, you're going to help them tape up their sheet, and then you want to move as far away from them as possible. And the best way to describe far away is out of the line of sight of anybody who can see them. What I usually do is walk to the side, and then from there walk to the back of the room, and I stand in back, and I I. Usually I cross my arms, but I have a very active face when I'm listening to them. My head's going up and down. I'm smiling. I'm raising my eyebrows. I'm, I'm showing emotion in my face and in my body language as a way of encouragement for the person up front. Um, 
in fact, if they say something very interesting or something I don't understand, I'll ask a question as a way of sending a message that we're engaging with one another here. Uh, and the last thing you want to do is be standing five feet away from the person. Because if you started the meeting, if you're the facilitator, every eye will be on you for part of that other person's presentation if you're at the front of the room. You've got to get out of the line of sight of the people who are, who are in the audience. And once, once you're off the podium and you're facilitating, it's very likely the first person is going to say, hi, I'm Bob, and they're going to forget to pause, or the group's going to forget to say, hi, Bob, back. And so you're going to have to interrupt and say, hi, Bob, and the group's going to go, oh, yeah, right, hi, Bob, and, it's going to, and you're going to laugh about it. And then you're going to have to clap at the end. You do that a couple of times, and then the group will figure it out, and they will feel like they learned something, and it'll actually make them feel good. Um, and you have a real role in keeping the group positive and energetic. Um, you absolutely should be the loudest person clapping um, to maintain the energy. Um, and when, when that first person after you goes is done, you should move quickly to the front of the room. Don't saunter. Don't take your time. Move like you, you're in a hurry to get to a meeting and your boss is going to be mad at you if you're late. Um, the, the, you know, I told somebody once the correct movement is a hop or a skip. It's not a walk. Show the group that you are serving them, that you're going to work hard to make it easy for them to do what you've asked them to do. That's what good managers do. That's what good facilitators do. Once, once everybody's presented, you wrap it up this way. Hey, thanks to each of you for sharing. Uh, that was some time really well spent. I learned a lot of stuff. Fascinating. And if somebody said something really wacky, you should probably refer to that. Let's take a five, ten minute break, whatever, and be back at blank. And I'm telling you, Mike, that's it. And that is, in a nutshell, the single most effective introduction exercise ever used. And that's why, partially because I didn't believe in them before I started using them, that's why it's my favorite manager tool of all time. Very cool. Well, let me ask you a question. We can go back to that original question I had yeah. for you. Like, when you. When do you do this? I mean, and, and how often do you do this? I, I, I assume that you're not going to do this beginning of every meeting with the same group no. of people, no, no, obviously. No, no, of course, yeah. It's not, and, yeah. You know, so, so when is it appropriate and when is it not appropriate to do an exercise like this? Okay. Um, if you're forming a new team, a, a project team, this should be part of the first meeting agenda. If you're a new manager taking over a team, this should be the, in the first meeting that you have. Um, if your team added two new members or even one new member, you're going to say, you know what? We don't know everybody. We've got a new member. We need to go back and do our introductory exercise all over again. And the people who have been here a while say, oh, but I already know everything I need to know about Barbara. Yes, but Jane, the new team member, doesn't know everything about you, and we're going to take a minute, and we're going to allow her to get to know us. Um, anytime you're starting a project, anytime you're forming a new team, Anytime you've got special work and a group needs to bond in a little bit different way than your normal team does. Now, there's no question, Mike, that I use this more than most managers whose teams are more stable. You know, I use this in any kind of work I do with clients where I'm training. If I'm doing training, it's a, it's a given. If I have more than a half a day and there's 10 people in the room, I'm going to take an hour to do this or 30 minutes. I'm going to take the time. It seems some people say, gosh, we just don't have time to do that. And I say, you know what? I've tried it the other way and it just doesn't work. If we're going to spend enough time together that we're going to eat a meal together or we're going to be all day here, it's worth it. At the end of the day, when people are tired and cranky, this will pay us huge, huge dividends. So did did I answer your question? Yeah. 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 Perfect. 
project team, project group, a team is being formed for any reason, you're taking over a team, you know a new manager is taking over a team, and you, you know, what would be great is if you're taking over a team that's my, you're my peer manager and you're brand new, I can facilitate the meeting for you so that you can be a participant. That's fine. You don't have to be the person who runs the meeting and the facilitator. You could, you could, do, you could separate those two roles. But I will tell you, if you're a new manager and this is not one of the things you do in the first 30 days, I want to have a team next to you and I'm going to spend an hour doing this and my team's going to beat you in the short run, all of the things being equal, which they never are, because my team will bond more quickly than you, not only because we get to know each other, but because I make it explicit up front that we care about one another and we talk about one another's lives. The fact is, people's lives outside of work, it's funny, we talk about entry-level employees and gosh, we got to pamper them and they really can't do anything. And these are people who have two kids and they're at home. They get up in the morning and they get two kids off to school and it's probably a little bit of hectic, just like your house. Uh, I would argue that unless you're really particular about the kind of trappings of a person's home, most Americans' home lives between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. are surprisingly similar. A lot of rushing around, a lot of breakfasts that are probably not as complete as they could be, a lot of coffee, a lot of short tempers, a lot of kids wanting to sleep in, a lot of parents getting frustrated. doesn't matter whether you're an executive or you know, you're a frontline manager. And those people who are frontline folks... They do it just about as well as we do, and they handle the their car repairs, and they handle their budget, and they handle taxes and everything else. There's plenty of complexity out there in the real world that's not necessarily represented at work, and um, so it's, it's helpful to get to know one another to realize that they have stuff going on outside of the work life that might be interesting or, in fact, even better, valuable to you as a manager. Again, we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. I was I was skeptical in the beginning when we did this several years ago, but it, it really worked. You no know, doubt about it. Like, I admit, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of agendas. I, I can manage to an agenda. I'll even tell people, you know what? We're done talking about this. we got to move on. we got 15 things to do today. We can't complete this project if we take as much time as we want on any one objective. we got to make a decision, A, B, or C. Let's make a decision and move on. It's not the most critical thing. It's important. we got to do it. Let's make a decision. And if we're wrong, we'll find out about it soon enough. But sometimes speed is of the essence. And yet, this is so critical there are days that I still go, gosh, I don't know if I can fit it in. And every time I've ever stumbled and not done it, I've regretted it. So it's my favorite for a very, very good reason. For somebody, I was late to the fold, but now I'm a convert. Right. Well, we're going to put we're going to put the um, this whole program and steps very, very precisely out yes. on uh, the tool section. So no need to go back and take notes. And we probably should have said that at the beginning of the podcast, but. Um, it will all be laid out very succinctly for, for everyone. So don't worry about it if you miss something. Yeah. In fact, Mike, I think the way it's written is we've got it with quotes. And I'll tell people, I'd print it out and I'd read the darn thing. I'd highlight the parts that are quotes and I'd read it. And then after three or four times when you've got the, we've got the, the, uh, the timing down and the delivery down, if you want to make some adjustments, that's fine. But get it down and learn the way it is, how it works for you before you make changes. Good. Anything else before we uh, say goodbye to everybody? No, I think that's it. Good. Well, we we can't let them we can't let them go without uh, reminding them that it is again that time of month, and um, we appreciate your votes on Podcast Alley. We continue to be number one. Yeah, we're we're still uh, actually even today, beginning of the month, we're still number one in the business section. Um, however, we have fallen out of the top uh, top twenty five overall, um, but. 
as soon as we put this out, I'm sure people go vote yes. and we'll be back in there. And it's been very useful. We've gotten a lot of um, great uh, feedback from folks and uh, being where we are in podcast alley has helped us reach a whole new uh, set of people. So we're very appreciative to you. Yeah, folks we, who have gone out and voted for us and continue got, to vote for us We've gotten a lot of very month. nice comments and questions and compliments regarding last month's special podcast with the reading list. And uh, we encourage you to ask us about this, about the introductory meeting and about the reading list. Um, gosh, you know, you know, if somebody said to you, I really can't afford the Wall Street Journal or I can't afford Fortune, okay, next time you're in an airport, pick one of each up. Read them on a plane. See what kind of value you get out of them. Uh, next time you're at the grocery store, if your grocery store carries it, pick one up uh, and do that periodically. I, I had somebody say to me recently, boy, the Wall Street Journal's not cheap. And I said, you know, and it's still a great bargain. Uh, but continue to ask questions. And by the way, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a good point now to say if there's a book we could add based on its incredible power and impact, we've got to add Tom Friedman's new book to our list, Mike, The World is Flat. Yeah, don't you agree? Book. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I'm going to give it to both of my college-age kids for Christmas. It is just one of the most powerful business-slash-economic-slash-sociopolitical books I've ever read. And it doesn't hurt that Tom Friedman is a three-time Pulitzer Prize winner. It's, it's brilliantly written. But I, I, I actually believe that Manager Tools is a lot, is similar in terms of taking advantage of some of those trends. And if you're not aware of those trends, those trends are going to roll over you and your career in the next five to ten years. All right, my friend. Thank you much. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Good talking to you, Mike. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Mark and I want to thank you all for the continued support and appreciation. It really makes our day. In addition to going to the website and voting for us on Podcast Alley, we also added a cool little link to our site. If you haven't heard of Frapper yet, it's a neat little web app that facilitates building a Google map with markers of where members of your web community live. We have a link to the Manager Tools Frapper map on our website. Simply scroll down on the home page and select the Frapper graphic there. It'll be kind of fun to see where all the Manager Tools listeners reside. So, with that, thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you all again uh, next time.